WWE Setting the Stage is a podcast for WWE fans where I recap events, break down storylines and angles, and make predictions about where those storylines and angles are headed. Whether you're just getting into wrestling or a WWE fanatic like me, this show is for you. I will see you ringside. Howdy folks, so I'm finally back for my WrestleMania recap. Um, I know it's taken me about a week, but I also wanted to see the Raw and SmackDown fallouts just to see where they were headed after WrestleMania because obviously I had a few questions um, coming out of the uh, the big event. So, um, so without further ado, let me go ahead and get started. Uh, first of all, actually, before I get started, uh, I didn't have a bad didn't have a bad weekend on my picks. Uh, Saturday, I went five and one. And Sunday I went six and two, so not too bad. Eleven and three overall. Now you might be thinking to yourself, "Hey man, that doesn't um, equal up to the amount of matches that happened." Well, I'm not counting the the match, uh, the Stone Cold Kevin Owens match on Saturday, because I had no idea that was going to turn into a match. That turned into a match um, right after KO brought Stone Cold out for the KO show. So. It was not originally supposed to be a match, even though maybe people were kind of thinking it was going to lead to that way. We didn't know officially, so um, so I didn't count that match. And then the match uh, that happened in the whole thing that I'll talk about on Sunday with the Pat McAfee, Austin Theory, Mr. McMahon thing, in which Mr. McMahon actually beat Pat McAfee in a match. I didn't count that one either because, like I said... Um, didn't know that was going to be a match that was going to be on the card until it actually happened. So the two impromptu matches, obviously I did not make picks for, because at the time that I made the picks, those matches were not on the card. So uh, so I, I don't think you can fault me for that, right? I, I, can't, I can't pick matches that I don't know that aren't going to happen, right? So anyway, 11-3, not too bad. Uh, but anyway, let's get right into it. So let's start with WrestleMania Saturday. So I'm, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go down these matches in the card in the order that they happened. I'm obviously going to tell you the picks and everything. And I'm going to just give you some feedback on what I thought happened in all the matches. So WrestleMania Saturday. So the first match, of course, off the docket was the Usos versus Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. Now, of course, I picked the Usos because I didn't really think this was the team, Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs, to beat the Usos. Just because of all the contenders we'd seen in the past, I just didn't think Shinsuke and Rick Boogs was the team that was going to overthrow the Usos title reign, you know? So, now unfortunately what happened in this match was obviously that Rick Boogs suffered a legitimate injury, um, which obviously we hope he recovers from uh, 100%. And uh, from what we've heard in the early prognosis, it actually looks better than it originally did during the match. So it looks like he has a, I think he's officially had surgery now and I think he's just on the recovery. Now I've heard anything. I don't know if they've actually given a time frame, but somebody said he was only going to be out for a couple months. So that means that's actually really good news that maybe the injury isn't as serious as they originally thought. So, uh, so hopefully we hope he gets, uh, he heals up well and he's back in action before you know it. Um, so Usos win that match and uh, I'll talk about something later in the show that was said after uh, all this aftermath and all the fallout uh, later on in the later on in this episode. 
So anyway, there, there you go. I go one and zero early on. Uh, so ne- next time we have, so the next match we have is Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin, and along with Madcap Moss. And Drew McIntyre, of course, gets the win. This, of course, was no surprise to me. Um, this match was kind of, I'll say it was almost a dud. And I and I bring it back, and I was bringing it back to, I was in a chat uh, both nights and during WrestleMania uh, with my colleagues or my acquaintances, my friends, whatever you want to call them, who talk wrestling and other podcasts and stuff like that. And, you know, I call this the what is it called? The Chris Jericho second match curse. You know how, I don't know if any of you guys out there have listened to the broken skull sessions interview between stone Cold and Chris Jericho, but Chris Jericho talks about this very thing about, you know, he never wants to be the second match at WrestleMania, you know, and that happened obviously to drew McIntyre and happy Corbin. And it kind of showed like this match. I, I think the biggest pop this match got really was after the match when Drew McIntyre brought um, uh, Angela, her his uh, his sword, who's named after his late mother, um, uh, and, you know, slashed the ropes and stuff. That's kind of the biggest pop that was given, really. Uh, Drew McIntyre, of course, got a decent pop for being, you know, obviously the face of the of the match. But, like I said, he this match was kind of, it lived up to the, I guess, the second, second match hype. You know, there wasn't really a lot... I don't, people were really weren't into it as far as I was concerned. So, uh, for that matter, people were kind of really only so-so into the first match, the Usos and, and the, and Nakamura and Boogs. Like they weren't really as into the match as much as I thought they could have been, you know, the fans and stuff. So, so right out of the gate, I'm two and zero. got Drew McIntyre and the crowd. Although I think people are, uh, you know, naturally excited to be at WrestleMania. So the crowd, I mean, was obviously, you know, excited to be there, but at the same time, you just didn't hear the, hear the pops that you've heard at past WrestleManias, at, at least in my opinion, that's the way it sounded to me. Like I was, like I said, I was at home watching it on Peacock. So I wasn't there at the arena. So if some of you guys were there at the arena and you want to email me and tell me I was completely wrong and stuff, you can, that's fine. Um, but from where I was sitting, like I said, you heard you heard excitement in the crowd, but at the same time, you know it's like you guys know what I'm talking about. You get those, you get those over excitement, the over the top, you know, the pops and everything like that. And to this to this point, we haven't heard any of this. All right, so the third match is Miz and Logan Paul versus the Mysterios. So I did pick Miz and Logan Paul just because I thought this. This isn't the this isn't the moment that's going to be the big one for the Mysterios. I think the big moment for the Mysterios, uh, Dominic and Ray, is probably when they go against each other. Now people might be for that or against that, but I think that down the road is going to be their moment. And I just felt like they were a they were kind of a an opponent just set up just to, to kind of show uh, what Logan Paul could do. And quite frankly, I mean, like I've said in uh, some episodes leading up to this, you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of Logan Paul, but I'm not really a Logan Paul hater either. I'm kind of just indifferent about him. You know, he's, you know, he's a social media guy, you know, whatever. Um, whatever. I mean, like I said, he, he, he's there, he's there. He's not there. He's not there. I, I really don't care. Um, but I gotta be honest. He, he impressed me in the ring. I got to be honest. He, he did. He impressed me. He looked like he had been out there for a long time. He looked like he had been a WWE wrestler for a few years and stuff with the moves he was making and everything he was doing. And 
man, he could do he could do some of the moves. So he kind of impressed me in that match. And of course, they ended up getting the win. And then the big surprise was Miz actually turned on his partner Logan Paul. So Miz was really trying to get that heel heat. Now, I I was paying attention to some crowd, some of the crowd in the front row, and it was almost like they were cheering that Miz like uh uh what was it uh his, his put his finishing mood on Logan Paul. They were they were actually cheering the Miz, but I think what it, what WWE's intention was is they were trying to get the Miz some real heel heel heat, and they were trying to make Log, Logan Paul a face. At least that's what I read later on that that's what they were actually trying to do. Don't know if they quite accomplished that, but that's what the, that's what I think they were trying to do. But I think it kind of backfired a little bit. So anyway, up in this show now I'm three and zero, so pretty good. I'm doing pretty good here. All right, so the next match is the first uh, women's title match, the Raw Women's Championship between Bianca Belair and Becky Becky Lynch. Um, Like I said, some people thought this match could go either way. Some people actually saw Becky Lynch retaining the title. Um, I picked picked Bianca, obviously, because I feel like um, she... WWE, if they wanted to really push her, they really had to capitalize on her losing that, you know, in 26 seconds to Becky Lynch last SummerSlam. Like this had to be the defining moment to have her get over the hump, so to speak, um, from that loss. And I feel like if they had given Becky the championship, they would have thrown, uh, they would have almost thrown Bianca Belair away just because she, she needed that payoff. She needed that payoff to finally, you know, get over, get over not ever not being able to beat Becky Lynch and losing to Becky Lynch in the manner that she did. So I think they were trying to push it as with Bianca losing that match in 26 seconds last year at SummerSlam, they were almost trying to, it was almost like they were trying to tell the story that now this lit a new fire under Bianca and she became more aggressive and she became, you know, just, I don't know, a new side to her, like a more vicious side to her came out. And you saw that in some matches that she had, you know, kind of leading herself back up to Becky Lynch, uh, you know, when she was taking on Dewdrop, when she was taking on some other feuds in there. And I feel like that's what they were trying to push. They were trying to push a more aggressive side to her. And this was, of course, the capitalized moment for her capturing the Raw Women's title. And again, not bad. I mean, she is now, what, in the span of uh, less than a year or I guess maybe a year, a little over a year now, she's both, she's been raw and SmackDown women's champion in, in less than two years. So not too bad, not too bad. Um, so the big match of the night, I think that got the, and, and again, not, not the pop I was expecting. Uh, I, I feel like obviously Bianca was obviously the face in this, in this match. And Becky was definitely the heel but like I said, you just didn't hear. Now, I felt like Becky, uh, to make a note on this, I felt like Bianca Belair's uh, entrance was amazing. I thought that was really cool. They had the live band there, uh, the live marching band. That was really cool. Um, like I said, it was it was, it was was great. It was great entrance, great, uh, you know, fanfare. But I, I still feel like the crowd wasn't really, for the lack of a better term, it's like they haven't even, they haven't even woken up yet, right? I don't think they have. They're they're cheering, you know, because they're excited to be at WrestleMania, the biggest, you know, or the most stupendous, you know, WrestleMania of all time, or whatever they were docking it as. Um, but I feel like the crowd still hasn't woken up, right? So I go to four and zero here. So the next match is where I think everybody woke up, 
because this was the Seth Rollins versus the mystery opponent, right? Who would the mystery opponent be? Now I had my theories and I'll go ahead and tell you now, remember I did a, I did a unique prediction here. I said that whoever was taking on Seth Rollins, unless it was Shane McMahon, I felt like the mystery opponent was going to win the match. So the only way I was picking Seth Rollins to win is if Shane McMahon, who was one of the rumored mystery opponents, uh, ended up being the mystery opponent. Like I only, I felt like Seth Rollins would have beaten Shane, but anybody else, whether it'd been the undertaker, John Cena, Cody Rhodes, whatever, I thought the, that person would have won the match. So who is the mystery opponent? It ends up obviously being the American nightmare, Cody Rhodes, who had, had left AEW and come to WWE, come back to WWE after a, what did they say? A six year, was it six year, uh, hiatus? Yeah. Six year or six year absence when he left the WWE. Um, so I'm not gonna lie. I was excited. I've, I've, I've always been a fan of Cody. Obviously I haven't watched him a lot in AEW. Cause like I've told you, I've told you guys many times before, I don't really watch AEW, but again, just to clarify, it's not because I hate AEW. It's not because I don't like them. It's just because I right now I'm in a position and I won't go into great detail and, and bore you cause it has nothing to do with wrestling. Um, I'm not in a position right now to really watch that amount of content. So Right now, I'm concentrating on the only thing I can concentrate, which is WWE, which is something I've been following for 20-plus years. Obviously, AEW has been around for a lot less time than that. In fact, what was it, late 19 they came out, October of 19. Um, so I just haven't gotten into the storylines. Now, do I do someday do I want to get into the storylines and actually start watching AEW? Yes, but what I want to do is when I do go into it, I want to give a commitment. You know, I want to give a full commitment so I can follow storylines. So I can kind of follow it kind of like I am WWE, you know, like where I'm kind of really into it and everything. And and the way I'm going to get into it is if I fully invest, I'm watching. And, you know, when you think about it, I, I know I'm going off a little tangent here, but when you think about it, I was thinking about this the other day. So, so let's say you're watching multiple wrestling promotions, um, you know, during the week. Okay. So Monday night raw, you got Mondays. That's the main show that's on Tuesday nights. You got NXT Wednesday nights. You got AEW dynamite Thursday nights. You've got, I believe impact comes on, right? Is that, is it impact? Is that the night impacts on? And I don't even think I have the channel that they're regularly on. So I'd have to actually watch it on Twitch. Um, I think that's what I've determined because I think was it impact is on access TV. I think is that, I don't think I have that in my cable package. So I'd have to watch on Twitch cause I think they show it on Twitch as well. If I'm not mistaken, if they're still doing that. And then Friday, of course I have SmackDown and then it's convenient cause Friday after SmackDown, that's usually when rampage is now. I know rampage has been known to either come on earlier on Fridays or sometimes they move to Saturday for a special show, something like that. <laughs> you know, Saturday you can, I guess, I guess Saturday would be my day that if I didn't, if I missed a show, I could catch up on some content because there's no real, real show on Saturday to watch. And then of course, Sunday, you know, you can catch up on some content, but also Saturday and Sundays are for the pay-per-views if they happen to be on those particular nights. Now, obviously I have not actually been able to purchase a AEW pay-per-view. Um, so I can't, you know, go and and watch AEW pay-per-views at this point, but hopefully that will change and I will get to, you know, kind of give AEW a chance, you know, but like I said, I want to be clear. It's, I'm not, 
I'm not not, I'm, I'm using a double negative, I'm not not watching AEW because I don't like them. It's just that I haven't had the time and the, I just haven't been able to put the time and the effort into watching it. What I have watched a little bit, like I said, I, I haven't not watched it at all, but, and what I've seen I've liked. But like I said, I haven't been able to put a total commitment into it, but I'm hoping that will happen soon. I mean, to be honest, guys, I, I'm not even really watching NXT as much anymore. And I'll talk about that in a little bit as well. So so really all I'm being able to concentrate really is Raw and SmackDown and the premium live events, not pay-per-views, premium live events for uh, for, you know, WWE. So anyway, let me get off on that tangent. So anyway, it's Cody Rhodes as the is the mystery opponent. Now, this is where I think the crowd really woke up. I mean, you heard it. They woke up. As soon as they saw, as soon as they heard the music playing cuz obviously he used his AEW theme, uh, and as soon as they heard the uh the little monologue that he says at the beginning of the song, you know, there's there's more than one royal family in wrestling. Everybody went wild, right? And then he the actual that he was actually been able to bring his American Nightmare uh, persona in, instead of, you know, Stardust or wherever, that was actually cool too, that he could bring actually his actual character that he's been playing for the last several years in AEW. So, um, and not for nothing, this was a really, really good match. I thought it was a great match. Um, probably one of the best up until this point, uh, up until this point, not that the other matches were bad. I just think this match was on another level. Uh, because obviously Seth Rollins is no slouch, slouch in the slouch. Why did I say slouch? Slouch in the ring. I mean, he's obviously very talented, um, and I think they 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 worked well together. I think this was a great match. Um, I love that Cody went retro and started using some of his dad's moves, and that was kind of cool too. Um, and honestly, it was it was just great to it was actually great to see him again in WWE. It really was. And I know there's some people that have some strong opinions, positive and negative, about Cody coming back to WWE. But I, I thought it was great to see him. I thought it was cool. Um, and obviously, he ended up getting this win, winning this match, and helping me move to five and zero. So, so like I said, overall, really, I think that was probably the match of Saturday, probably of Saturday night. I would say with. One of the matches I'm going to talk about here in a little bit as a close second. But I think Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins probably stole the show on Saturday. Um, so so this was kind of bad. So the match that had to follow this was Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. Now, obviously, these are two phenomenal athlete uh, female wrestlers um, for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Um, I honestly, this was the first match I picked incorrectly. I honestly thought Ronda Rousey was going to walk away with the title. But when I got to thinking about it after the match uh, ended, because obviously it ended in controversial fashion, um, I thought, you know, I guess I see why WWE did that. I saw, I see why they made Charlotte retain because they want to keep this Ronda Rousey, Charlotte, Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair rivalry going for a little bit longer. So if you have Ronda uh, win... And I mean, I guess you could have kept it going even if Ronda had won because obviously Charlotte would get a rematch and stuff like that. But I guess they were really interested in giving Charlotte that really heel uh, heel persona, you know, over, you know. So they had to not only have her win, but win in controversial fashion. And I think they're really, they're just really trying to push Ronda as the face. And, you know, people debate whether that's working or not the second go around. Um 
because they feel like when she started out here, she wasn't really thrilled, you know, to be back in WWE. Um, but I mean, and I can see where some people would say that because I mean, the first night that she came out after winning the Royal Rumble, she did look like a little bit like she didn't want to be there. And then she quickly changed her personality when she got to SmackDown later on. And, you know, it was like, okay, you know, I guess, I guess maybe WWE had a talk with her and said, Hey, you know, you got to go out there and be kind of bubbly or whatever. You got to be, you got to be face like, you got to be baby face like, you know, you got to make the crowd like you and stuff, you know, cause you're going to be the baby face and Charlotte's going to be the heel. You both can't be heels. And I'm guessing this is a talk that they had with her and she had to kind of turn it around. And I, and I'll be honest, I think she's been doing better, but maybe people are a little jaded because of the way she came out on raw the, the night after Royal rumble and they're, and they're finding it hard to forget about that. So, so WWE of course is doing what they can to push her as the face, even if it means making Charlotte win in controversial fashion. So, um, so Charlotte won this match, which was, was a little surprised to me, uh, at the very, um, at that very moment. But like I said, as I've had time to think about it, I understand why they had it in that way. Um, so, but like I said, I, I own up to it. I'll take it as a loss. Cause like I said, originally I thought Rhonda was going to win. So I finished the night at five and one. And the only reason I'm saying that is because the next match, I wasn't sure was going to happen or not. And it was the stone cold versus Kevin Owens. Um, so obviously this was supposed to be just stone cold guest, uh, guest as a guest for Kevin Owens on the KO show. Um, but obviously as Stone Cold made his way down after listening to KO talk a bunch of, you know, trash about Texas and stuff like that and about him, quite frankly, um, while they were sitting there at the KO show, KO was like, well, I outsmarted you. I really came out here to call you out and challenge you to a match. And so obviously, you know, Stone Cold's not going to, you know, he's not going to chicken out. He's not going to, he's not going to punk out. He's going to, he's going to accept the challenge. So of course he accepted the challenge. Now I got to be honest, you know, it wasn't the most graceful looking match. Cause of course it was called a no holes barred match. So anything goes. And I think that to be honest was, uh, to be honest, that was for Austin's benefit. Um, but Hey, nevertheless, um, it it was again another moment where the crowd woke up. I mean that crowd was going wild. I mean especially when KO and Stone Cold started going up into the crowd and wrestling everyone there. And and Austin was taking some pretty uh, some pretty big bumps for a fifty seven year old. He was he's fifty seven. Can you believe that? So, um, fifty seven years old and still out there wrestling like that. Getting I think he took a what a suplex on the on the concrete or something, not, the, not a suplex, but a body slam on the concrete. Uh, well, you know, or yeah, I think it was the concrete. I don't think there was a mat out there cause I think it was out in the crowd somewhere. Um, but like I said, he, I, I will give it to stone cold. He will do anything to, he will do, he will do things to entertain a crowd. And I, I think he very much succeeded and let's not forget. I mean, KO, he, I, I'm not going to say he was a slouch either. He, he did pretty good to sell, uh, being the heel of that match. And I, and I thought, and obviously I always think it takes two to tango and I, I think he did it well. I think both of them complimented each other and they really, they really had a, a, you know, as good of a match as could be expected, you know? So, uh, and like I said, the crowd was into it. I can't lie about that. I can't, I can't say that, you know, they didn't deliver. They did deliver. So, uh, but of course I've got to call that match a draw because 
I didn't know that match was going to happen. So Stone Cold actually ended up winning that match um, with the stunner, of course. And uh, that's the way WrestleMania Saturday ended. So it was a pretty strong finish uh, for WrestleMania Saturday. So I got to be honest, the fir- we're already you know, past the first night, and WrestleMania, I'll be honest, has already exceeded my expectations uh, once or twice over. I'll be honest. Um, now, there was one match that had to be moved because of t- uh, time constraints. The, uh, Sheamus, Ridge Holland, and Butch versus The New Day had to be moved from Saturday to Sunday because some of the matches in Saturday ran over, so that got moved to Sunday. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, so we'd have a couple more matches uh, added to Sunday, uh, you know, that weren't originally supposed to be on Sunday. So, so WrestleMania Saturday ended up having seven matches. Uh, it originally had seven matches, but that was also without the Stone Cold Kevin Owens uh, match. So you would almost say that Stone Cold and Kevin Owens replaced uh, the Sheamus and and Rich Holland and New Day match. So anyway, all right. So we move into WrestleMania Sunday. Okay. So I didn't start out quite as well on Sunday as I did on Saturday. I did finish uh, six and two, you know, which was a little bit, it was a little bit, a little bit worse than night one, of course, but you know, five and one. So if, if you got five and one and six and two aren't too, aren't too far apart, but obviously if you go by record, you know, probably WrestleMania Sunday was slightly worse, but anyway, I got started off to a rough start. Um, because right out of the bat, we had the Raw Tag Team Championships on the line. Uh, so it was interesting. The SmackDown Tag Team titles were the first match on Saturday. The Raw Tag Team titles were the first match on Sunday. Now, this one was a triple threat between RK Bro, Street Profits, and the Alpha Academy. I thought that the Street Profits were finally going to get a victory. I did not call that RK Bro was going to retain. But it kind of makes sense, uh, especially when I talk about something later. Um, because I think with some of the matchups they've been having lately, I think, um, I think they're kind of teasing this to happen down the road and I'll talk about it in a minute, but RK bro, um, retains, uh, and they retain the, and that gets me off to an own one start. Uh, now, like I said, I was telling you about a thing about Randy Orton. Uh, he made history, you know, he's been making history in the last couple of years, uh, quietly, you know, he's obviously got the most pay-per-view matches of any superstar, um, he also has been in a WrestleMania, uh, holding several titles. So like he's been the WWE champion at a WrestleMania. He's been, um, the intercontinental champion at a WrestleMania. He's been the United States champion at, at WrestleMania. He's been a tag team champion at the WrestleMania. So I think he's had almost every title, um, at a WrestleMania that he could possibly have. And I don't think... I want to say that's, I want to say they say that that's never been done where he's, he's been a different type of champion at several different WrestleManias. So that's another way that he's made history. Uh, now I won't go breaking down as to, you know, cause he's been, he's won the WWE champion championship at some, uh, at some WrestleManias, you know, he's won some titles, but I'm talking about him going into the WrestleMania as a title holder. And I know he's at least done those four titles. So pretty good pretty, pretty, uh, historic. All right. So, and that was a pretty good match, pretty good match, a uh, triple threat match. Um, after now I, I, I did forget about something a little bit of this. So they got Gable Stevens, the, um, Olympic gold medalist, 
uh, in the ring after this match. And we had a little Gable versus Gable because we had Gable. Uh, 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 what is his name? <laughs> you know, what I'm talking about Gable from uh, Alpha Academy. Uh, Chad Gable. I'm sorry, Chad Gable and Gable Stevenson were in the uh, Stevenson were in the ring. Uh, and they had a little interaction, so we called it kind of the, we joked around in the chat, me and my colleagues, and we called him Gable versus Gable, <laughs> you know. But it was kind of funny because Stephanie McMahon introduced Gable Stevenson to the crowd on Saturday night, and he didn't get quite as big of a pop like that night. Like it's almost like the crowd was like, oh, okay, you know, congratulations, you're gold medalist, you know. But it was like I said, that was before they woke up at some of the matches. Um, he got a much better pop on Sunday when he came out and he was kind of part of the first match and after, you know, the after uh, math of the first match. And I, I felt like it went a lot better for him because he was sitting in the crowd. He jumped the guardrail and he came into the match and, uh, you know, he came into the ring and he was sharing the, uh, you know, drinks with the street profits and RK bro and stuff. And then Gable, uh, Chad Gable came and smacked it out of their hands. And then they had a little, you know, interaction there. So, Felt like he got a better reaction on Sunday than he did on Saturday. So I don't know what that means, but just thought it might it was it was noteworthy in my opinion. Um so then you have the 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 second of the Chris Jericho second match uh curse uh matches between Bobby Lashley and Omos. And I was I was kind of having a feeling that this match would probably end up as a number two match on one of the nights. Um it was very I mean there really wasn't much to it. I mean, I guess it was impressive because of their size, but like I, like I said in the preview, this match really didn't, um, I don't know, it didn't really have the, I can't really describe it, but it, it didn't really do anything for me. I mean, I kind of knew they were going to probably put Bobby Lashley over. They wanted to make him the face, and they wanted him to be the one guy that could beat uh, Omos and stuff. But I will say the aftermath I'll talk about later uh, is very interesting to me and I want to see where they go with it, but I'll talk about that later. So I did get the win. I did say Bobby Lashley would win. So at this point I'm one and one. So I'm a little bit back on track, but then we get to the match <laughs> where it's Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn in that anything goes match. Okay. Now I picked Sami Zayn to win this match, but at, as this match went on, I was actually saying to myself, you know what, I, I should have went the other way with it. And that was even the middle of the match. Because when I saw what the match turned into, which was, it was just slapstick humor, you know, all the stuff you see on Jackass, that's what was going on in the in the match. And, you know, and the way Sami Zayn lost, it wasn't really even a clean pin. I mean, he got, cl- he got pinned under a, uh, under a giant mousetrap. You know, it was, it was just there for comedic comedic relief. That's what it was. It wasn't even a real serious match, which I'm not going to lie. I'll give it credit. It made me laugh. You know, the giant hand coming out of nowhere and slapping Sammy and, you know, all those little different props, uh, they used. And then some of the jackass crew coming out and getting involved in the match. I'm like, yeah, there's no reason. There's no way Sammy's winning this match. So halfway through the match, I kind of regretted my pick. Um, so I took the loss on the chin for that one. Uh, so I'm, I'm one and two at this point. Now, like I said, I was, I, 
I'm kind of torn in this match because I feel Sami Zayn. I kind of feel like Sami about Sami Zayn that I feel about Drew McIntyre. Like I felt like Drew McIntyre deserved better at this WrestleMania, uh, only because it's no disrespect to Corbin. I just think Baron Corbin is not being used correctly right now. Like he's never been used correctly since he's come to the main roster, and I feel like he could be used better. And I just think that was a terrible match for Drew McIntyre, especially the role that Drew McIntyre has come off of, you know, in the last couple of years. You know, he obviously he was WWE champion only like less than two years ago. So um, and he was beating the likes of Brock Lesnar and 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 Bobby Lashley and all those guys. And he was going toe to toe with Roman Reigns and all that stuff. So it was kind of a, you know, so I kind of felt the same way for Sammy because because I, I feel Sammy he is a very underrated heel. I feel like he could do well in something. And I feel like he's just being, he's just kind of the clown that's going around right now. And I don't know if that's Sammy's idea. I don't know if that's WWE bookings idea. I don't know what it is, but, um, but like I said, I, I I just think he deserved better. But like I said, the match was entertaining for what it was, what it was intended for. So whatever. Right. Okay. So now I'm one and two. But obviously, as you know from what I said in the beginning of Sunday, that would be the last match I'd lose for the night, okay? So the next match is the women's tag team titles, which obviously going into this match was held by Carmella and Zelina Vega, who I guess, from what I've seen at this point, she's no longer Queen Zelina. So in less than six months, we've seen the King of the Ring go away and we've seen the Queen's Crown go away. So it just shows you how... WWE didn't take those tournaments seriously at all. So <laughs> just a, just a little sidebar there. So um, Sasha Banks and Naomi ended up winning this match, um, which didn't surprise me really. I felt like they were the probably the most talented team going into this. Um, Sasha, of course, for it was good for her because that was obviously, for, uh, and surprisingly, uh, it was her first WrestleMania victory. Um, she had been 0-6 prior to that, so... Uh, so she finally got a victory. Um, of course, you guys know from what I was talking in the prior episodes. You know, you know how I guys how I feel about the women's tag division. It's basically non-existent, and I'm going to show you even more evidence of that when I talk a little bit later in the show about some things that are going down already. Um, but these these teams were all thrown together. I mean, the none of these teams that were in this match are really solid tag teams. They were basically just thrown together in less than a month besides Carmella and Zelina. And the only reason that didn't happen was because they were already the champions. So it's just kind of sad. I'd, I'd love to see more out of quite frankly, all the women's divisions, the single titles and the women's titles, you know, they're just, they've just kind of become, they've just gone really downhill uh, in the last uh, year or so. So, but like I said, Sasha and Naomi uh, got the win and got me another victory. So now I'm two and two. I've gotten back to 500 now. And now we come to, I would say, one of the matches that stole the show tonight, uh, show that stole the show on Sunday, and that was Edge versus AJ Styles. I thought this was an excellent match. Uh, the big story in this match before it even got started was AJ uh, hit his head on the stage or something before he came out. So he had this big gash in his cheek or something. Um, some fans thought that that was because he and – uh, later on, I guess some fans were speculating that was because he and Damian Priest got in some kind of altercation before Edge or before they came out for his match against Edge. But it was determined they found it on video that he actually hit his head on the star where the WrestleMania was, and that's how uh, that's how he how he got the gash. Um, and then of course Edge, 
I'm really liking Hedge's new character. Uh, I know originally I said that I thought it was kind of rushed that he was turned into a heel so quickly. You know, one one day he's one one episode of Raw, he's a he's a he's a face, and the next uh, week he's a heel. But despite it being rushed, I felt like they've they've gone in the right direction with it. I kinda, I really like this character Edge. It's kind of like a it's even a darker version of of his. Uh, his opportunist or his his heel character where he was the rated R superstar. It's almost a it's almost a combination of the rated R superstar and his brood character from long, long ago where he was with Gangrel and Christian in that group. Um and I feel like he's he's really gone to a dark heel place, which is pretty it's pretty cool. Edge can pull it off, I think. Um so this was a great match. Uh, the way it ended it obviously was controversial. Damian Priest came down and he created a distraction. I don't think he actually got involved in the match. No, if, if I remember correctly, he didn't get involved in the match, but he was just standing out there and he distracted AJ. And AJ, uh, you know, Edge took 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 advantage and got the win. So obviously now the questions asked: What's going on between Edge and Damian Priest? Which we'll talk about a little bit later. So Edge gives me another victory. I'm back on track. Three and two. All right, so now we get the match that was rescheduled from Saturday to Sunday. Sheamus Ridge Holland with Butch, who you know is Pete Dunne from NXT, versus The New Day, Kofi Kingston, and Xavier Woods, who of course now is no longer King Woods. Okay? Now, <laughs> to be honest, if they, looking back in hindsight, from this moving this to Saturday to Sunday, they really shouldn't have even, it, the way this match went down, it was basically a squash match for Sheamus and Ridge Holland uh, because they were the actual two in the match. But I think what they were doing was they were trying to showcase uh, Butch, a.k.a. Pete Dunne, and his aggressiveness, and that he was a, like a pit bull character because he, he started going off on New Day after the match and started you know beating him up and stuff. So uh, I guess they're trying to showcase the aggressiveness of this new stable between Seamus Ridgeholland and Butch. And I, I don't know. I just... I don't feel like this was a, I, I feel like this could have been a match, but I don't feel like this was a WrestleMania worthy match, uh, the way it went down. Now, if these guys had li- had a long match and, you know, cause obviously New Day, Sheamus, Ridge Holland, uh, Pete Dunne, they are, they're very respectable wrestlers, but the way this match went down, they shouldn't have even had it on the WrestleMania card. At worst, they could have had it on the, on the pre-show, on the kickoff show, maybe. But I noticed that, you know, they didn't have any matches on the kickoff shows this year. And by the way, the kickoff shows both nights were two hours and no matches. That's weird. I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, they should have just left that match off the card. But it got, it got me another win. I picked Sheamus and Ridge Holland. So now I'm four and two. All right. So here's, here's the next match where I feel like the crowd pretty much woke up. And this was Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory. Now, Pat McAfee... Um, like I've told you many times, uh, really impressed me when he took on Adam Cole, uh, what was it? A couple years ago, uh, during the pandemic, uh, one of the takeovers he got in the ring and I've always known that, you know, Pat McAfee was a decent athlete because obviously he was in the NFL as a punter. Uh, so he did well in that, in that capacity, but I didn't know he had any, you know, wrestling skill. So, and he proved it that night that he did. So I was like, okay, what's he going to do tonight? Well, it was quite, like I said, I know people like Pat McAfee, but I didn't know how well they liked him, right? So when he came out, 
Um, I think Austin Theory came out first. And when Pat McAfee came out, crowd was totally into it. Just And they were chanting during the whole match. They were doing the, you know, oh, I, I can't even do it really. But they were they were into it the entire match. And it was like they woke up. And um, and he got the victory over, over Austin Theory. And that's where the greatness kind of stopped. <laughs> and looking back in hindsight, I think WWE... I'll give I'll defend them a little bit. I'll, I I think they had some good intentions, but it didn't turn out that way. Uh, I'll be completely honest; it didn't turn out that way. So after they had Pat McAfee beat Austin Theory, which it was a decent match. So if you had left it like that, you know you didn't you didn't really hurt Austin Theory, and you boosted Pat McAfee. Mission accomplished. But then Mister McMahon had to stick stick his nose in 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 the business. Right now. Don't get me wrong. Back in the day, I liked, I, I I loved Vince McMahon's character. I loved the heel character. I loved the corporation. I loved him being the chairman, and you know the battles he had with Stone Cold. Even though he was still rough in the ring back then, he he at least was more entertaining. But now the guy is like a seventy six, seventy seven year old guy, okay, and he's trying to do what he used to do when he was like, what was he when he was like fifty or sixty or 50, I would say 50 back then, but, but yeah, he was still in the ring even when, when he was in his sixties. So, but he's father time is catching up with Mr. McMahon. Now when Mr. McMahon took his shirt off and he was ready to, you know, be in a match with Austin, I mean, with Pat McAfee, I mean, he still looks, you know, he still looks pretty good for a 76 year old guy. I'm not going to lie. He looks more in shape than I am right now. Um, but he's still 76. Okay. So he and Mr. McMahon, he and Pat McAfee had an impromptu match and obviously with a little help from Austin Theory and stuff like that. And cause I guess I, it was never said, but I guess it was no disqualification cause the referee didn't disqualify Mr. McMahon and Austin Theory when they were doing some stuff. Uh, cause I guess obviously for storyline reasons, the referee didn't want to be fired or anything like that. So he just let the match go. Uh, it kind of ended stupid, you know, like Mr. McMahon had a, a football that Austin Theory tossed him in the ring, and he punted the football into into Pat McAfee's chest, and then he pinned him one, two, three. So I'm sitting here going, "What in the heck was that?" <laughs> you know, like I'm sitting here going, "Well, then I noticed that Austin Theory and Mr. McMahon are kind of parading around too much. They're kind of doing, and then <sighs> Mr. McMahon gave away the worst tell when they played Austin Theory's music." Mr. McMahon kind of got paranoid and started looking around and I immediately knew what was going to happen. I said, they're bringing stone cold back out. He's going to come back out. I, it, it, and it didn't, I, and maybe I was a little slow. I, I'll admit it. I was a little slow. I was like, but when they started, when they started parading around too long and hanging around the ring and stuff like that, I was like, okay, something's going to happen, but it still hadn't dawned on me for some reason. I don't know if it had been a long night and I just wasn't thinking, but when he jumped, when Austin theory's music play, I was like, Ah, Mr. McMahon, you have a terrible tell. And I was like, they're bringing, they're going to bring Stone Cold out. That's what's going to happen. And that's exactly what happened. Stone Cold comes out, right? And (laughs) so Stone Cold comes out. He's having beers with, uh, you know, well, first of all, let me, let me, let me go with this. He, he did the beer drinking thing, which I'll get to in a minute. And then he, he obviously gave everybody in the ring a stunner. Everybody that was, in there, in there, including Pat, which was kind of crazy, but 
So let me give you a little rating system as far as who sold the stunner the best. Okay. So the first stunner he gave to was obviously to Austin theory. Um, I'm not going to lie. I give the guy props. He sold that stunner. Great. I mean, his stunner, his stunner selling was rock was rock volume. It was, it was rock level. You know how the rock used to flop around and everything when he sold the stone cold stunner. Austin theory did a great job of selling the stunner. Okay. So then you, (laughs) so then, so then after Austin theory got a stunner and he got thrown out the ring and everything like that, or propelled himself out the ring from the stunner. Um, then Mr. McMahon and Austin, I guess Mr. McMahon decided he wanted to have beers, uh, with, with Austin again, Mr. McMahon. And, (laughs) you know, when, (laughs) in the past when they've had specials and McMahon and Stone Cold have been sharing beers, um, it's been kind of entertaining and stuff. Um, but this was actually just downright silly. Okay, first of all, McMahon, if you saw him take that first beer, he was doing that little moving with his lips where it, it, he actually looked like an old guy. Uh, no offense to my older gentleman out there, but he, he looked like an old guy, like a, like my grandpa, like freaking, you know, tasting a beer. It, it looked weird, right? <laughs> and I don't know if that was done on purpose, done on the fly, whatever. I'm not sure. But then... That wasn't even the worst part. I, w- I was okay with that. That wasn't even the worst part. But it, then he gave McMahon a stunner. First of all, when he tried to give McMahon a stunner the first time, McMahon kind of, I guess, slipped, went to one knee. I don't know if that was by design. And then Austin kind of had to had to improvise at that point, and he still tried to give McMahon a stunner. And, man, that was the worst sold center I've ever seen in my entire life. I have never seen anybody in WWE sell the stunner worse than the chairman. That was the worst sell. Now, I don't know if you guys saw it, but Mick Foley, <laughs> good old Mick Foley, posted a video on social media. I can't remember. Where, I think I saw it on Instagram. He posted a video, or somebody posted a video. Maybe his son did. I'm not sure. I don't know who it was that posted it. But it was it was, it was, was Mick Foley sitting in his living room uh, watching Mr. McMahon take the stunner and he is just laughing. I mean, it was the greatest thing. I mean, I couldn't stop. I mean, I got the, I got the belly laughs from that. It was so funny. Um, cause the way he was just laughing at McMahon taking that stunner was great. That was actually more entertaining than McMahon actually taking the stunner. So it was, it was horrible. It was horrible. So then he, then Stone Cold shares beers, obviously with, Pat McAfee, who obviously they've become friends. If you guys have seen, I, 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 I think I happened to catch the interview that uh, when Stone Cold was on Pat McAfee's show uh, many months ago, and supposedly they're pretty good friends. It's not really a big secret. And while they're having a beer, um, Stone Cold stuns Pat McAfee. And Pat McAfee, on point, he sold that stunner. I'm not, I, I don't think it was as good as, theor- as Austin Theory's sell. I, I will I will admit that. I think Austin Theory's sell was slightly better, but it was still a good sell. Like he did the thing where he kind of, you know, tilted his head back and was kind of just standing there and like spitting the beer and just falling back. It, it was a good sell. It was a great sell. But I will still give the edge to Austin Theory. I think he sold it the best. And then Pat McAfee was a close second. And then Mr. McMahon was a disaster. That was a disaster sell. I couldn't believe it. It was terrible. So... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it was, don't get me wrong. It was still funny. It was a funny moment. 
but if you think about it, Mr. Muhan did like kind of three strikes. First of all, he made that impromptu match between him and and Pat McAfee that kind of ruined the Austin Theory Pat McAfee uh, match. Well, I won't say it ruined because I still enjoyed the match, so I won't say it ruined, but it ruined kind of the aftermath of it. That's what I'll say. Then his strike two was he reacted too early to Stone Cold coming out. And then strike three was he took that. I mean, he sold that stunner so bad. It was it was terrible. Um, supposedly, I heard that when they went to the back, everybody was all smiles about it. Everybody thought it was really cool. Austin uh, McMahon was, I was like, what? That was terrible. How could you be all smiles about that? That looked terrible. So, um and then, and then I'm also hearing that some people in part of McMahon's team said that that match between McAfee and McMahon should have never happened. And I completely agree. 100%. 100%. So anyway, um, good moment for Pat McAfee and Austin Theory. Horrible moment for McMahon and Pat McAfee. Um, and then, uh, you know... I guess the whole Stone Cold, like I said, Stone Cold was a champ. I, I enjoyed him coming down, and again, he, we got two nights of him. Um, and like I see, like I said, Austin Theory and Pat McAfee sold the stunner great. McMahon, uh, big thumbs down, big thumbs down. So, and I hate to say that because I used to be a huge fan of McMahon. I used to be a huge fan of his character. He just doesn't need to play that character anymore. That's just plain and simple. He doesn't need to play the Mister McMahon character anymore. Just go behind the scenes. Do what you do, you know, as the chairman. And I think your day's in the ring. I think you need to hang it up. You need to hang it up. So, um, which pains for me to say, but I know Father Time takes us all over at some point. So, you know, Father, what do, what do they say? Father Time and Mother Nature are undefeated, right? Exactly. All right. So, so the last match of the night, which I guess after that McMahon and Pat McAfee match, I guess, you know, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar didn't have trouble you know, following that and at least giving a good match after that, right? And maybe that's why they did the McMahon-Pat McAfee match uh, because Pat McAfee and Austin Theory was, like I said, it was an impressive match. So um, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar was being advertised as the biggest match, uh, biggest match in WrestleMania history, but that would have been a little stiff to pass uh, to pa- uh, to follow the Pat McAfee-Austin Theory match. I thought that was a pretty spectacular match in my in my opinion like i said i don't know if i'm the majority or the minority in that but i thought it was pretty good so roman reigns and brock lesnar for the wwe and universal title unification match winner take all you know so i have mixed feelings about this match um i think they've i think wwe has told a decent story between brock lesnar and roman reigns but again i'm still torn on that because I felt like it almost seemed like the concept of the Royal Rumble and the Elimination Chamber were kind of pointless this year because you had Brock Lesnar win both. He won the Royal Rumble and the Elimination Chamber. The Royal Rumble, obviously, to get his shot at Roman Reigns and then the Elimination Chamber just to get the title back that he had lost at Royal Rumble before he entered the Royal Rumble because he had the WWE Championship. He won the WWE Championship at day one. So I feel like they went above and beyond to just kind of prolong this story, but it was almost like the concept, like if you were just going to go to this, why did you have, why, why didn't, 
why did you give him the title as early as day one? Now, I understand, you know, Roman getting COVID, that kind of put a little bit of a wrench in things. And I understand they kind of had to come up with something on the fly. But that's the one thing that kind of, I guess it sticks in my mind. And and, and like I said, I don't want to be too critical because maybe that, maybe that was out of WWE's control and they couldn't really, they didn't really have an alternative. They obviously weren't expecting that to happen. So, but I feel like it just kind of, I don't know. It just, it just rubbed me a wrong way a little bit as a fan. But, you know, hey, I'm, am I outraged about it? No. Am I a little disappointed in it? Yes. Um, but, you know what, it is it, it is what it is. It is what it is. So, um, but anyway, I, I, but having said all that, I still think they told a decent story with this. Okay. So, the match itself even was good. It was a decent match. It was a, it was a great match. Um, the only thing I had a problem with this match was, was the ending. The ending was a little bit, uh, the ending was a little bit, I don't know, anticlimactic is what I'm trying to say, I guess. Anticlimactic. It, you know, he, it just ended with a spear out of nowhere. And, and, and the, and the crowd, and the crowd didn't even know how to react to it. Right. They, they kind of were like stunned. It was like hit him with the spear. He, he pins him one, two, three, and the crowd's like sitting there going, what the heck happened? In fact, it was, it was, it was, I think the crowd was in such shock that I think they actually ended the match earlier than people expected. And they were expecting maybe The Rock to come out and maybe tease next year's WrestleMania between The Rock and Roman Reigns, which, by the way, I am still not convinced that's going to happen next year. I don't think, I personally at this moment in time do not think that's going to happen. But like I said, I could be wrong. I just don't see, it's a great fantasy match. Like, I think Roman versus Rock would be a great fantasy match, but I don't think the title needs to be involved. Like, I don't think a title needs to be involved. Because first of all, are you going to give The Rock the the title? Is that what you're going to do? If you give The Rock the title, I mean, because let's face it, even as great as The Rock is, he's still a part-timer, right? He's not a full-time wrestler. So if you give him the title, you've essentially did what kind of all the fans don't want you to do, and that's in Roman Reigns' impressive reign to a part-timer, right? So so I I feel like this match, if it's going to happen, it has to be without a title, in my opinion. That's what I think. Um, but if you do have it with the title, it, it kind of becomes again, anticlimactic because you're like, well, that means Roman's got to win. He's got to continue. He's got to beat the rock and overthrow the rock. It's sort of a passing the torch thing. And he takes over his head of the table. Uh, when rock is trying to take back over head of the table, but let's say Roman beats the rock, you know, I don't know. I just don't see, I just don't see it as a, as a great match for storyline wise. It's a great fantasy match, but I don't see it as being a great storyline match to continue the story, you know. I didn't think this Brock Lesnar thing was a I mean, like I said, I thought they told a pretty good story between the two, but did I think it was a great story, like an awesome story? No, because what are you going to do? I mean, like I said at the end of the day, as great it's the same thing with Brock. As great as Brock is, Brock is still only a part-timer. And are you going to end Roman Reigns' reign, a guy who has been in the WWE with the universal title night in and night out as a full-timer, and you're going to end his reign to a part-timer? 
I just don't see it. I don't see it making any sense. So it was almost like this was predestined to happen that Roman was going to beat Brock at this, you know, at, at WrestleMania. So again, you know, not really, not really surprising anticlimactic ending. And, but again, WrestleMania still exceeded my expectations. It still exceeded my expectations. So it was still a decent event. I still felt like it was, but now I have questions as to where things are going. Okay. So you have depleted rosters now from all these people that have been released over the, over the last couple of years. You don't have hardly any superstars on in any of the divisions. Another thing I was disappointed in was the intercontinental title and the United States title were not defended at all. Not even on the pre-show. I would have taken a pre-show match. But it was not defended on either show. Neither neither mid card title was defended on either night of WrestleMania, which disappointed me very very much so, because uh, I feel like right now the Intercontinental title and the U.S. title don't mean much right now at this moment in time. So, what's going to become? Um, like I said, we've got. Uh, I, I don't know. I just have some questions of where we're going to go from here. Like again, Sasha and Naomi winning the tag team titles. Where are they going to go from here? They don't have a lot of challengers, uh, which I'll get into in just a minute. But, you know, it's like I, I, I feel like even with all these victories that they've had, either, like I said, they're going to continue the rivalries that they've had at WrestleMania or they're going to really have to get creative to get new challenges in there, new challengers, new number one contenders, whatever. So I just have a lot of questions going out of, going out of WrestleMania. So ha- having said that, let's talk a little bit. Let's do a little bit of notes on the the Raw and SmackDown Fallout episodes after um, after WrestleMania. That's kind of why I waited so long to do this recap show because I wanted to catch some notes from both of those shows. So of course, Raw. Um, you had Cody come out start of the show. It looks like his intentions are pretty clear. He's going after he's going after one of the world titles because, like I said, I've heard rumors that even though. Roman is the undisputed championship and holds both championships. It looks like they're going to split those championships back up again, and they're going to continue with the brand split, brand split, which I, of course, don't agree with. Um, but like I said, as I've said, it is what it is, right? But it looks like Cody is going to try to get into the title picture. Now, what I would do with Cody is let it, it kind of kill two birds with one stone, right? Okay, you got Cody. He's really hot now because he just came back to WWE. Give him one of those mid-card titles. Let him fight for either the Intercontinental, United States Championship, and elevate that title back to a valuable title, a valuable mid-card title. Um, And then, as we get further into the year, he can get into the world title picture. And maybe, who knows, maybe he's even the guy that takes down Roman Reigns. I don't know. Who knows? But I feel like Cody would do really well starting out with either the IC title or the U.S. title and elevating, like I said, that title to another level that it hasn't been on in a while, okay? Um, Obviously, with Seth coming out at the end of Cody's little promo and them shaking hands, obviously, the business between those two is not done. I think you're going to see some more matchups between those two in the future. When, I don't know. We might see it at WrestleMania Backlash. I'm not sure. Um as early as that, maybe we'll see another match between those two at SummerSlam. I don't know, but it seems like they're not done. So this was the weirdest thing. So Sasha and Naomi were taking on Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan, who of course were in that fatal four-way match for the titles the previous night. 
Um, Rhea and Liv lost the match, but then they're still getting a title shot, which <laughs> next week, the next week is raw, which I, you know, I know they're turning into a storyline where Rhea went and kind of, I guess for lack of a better term, begged Adam Pierce, uh, for the title shot and I guess got it. Um, but I smell something going on and I'll talk about it in a minute. Um, that I think they're going to, they're going to go in a direction that, well, I mean, if you're a really big wrestling enthusiast enthusiast and you are reading the dirt sheets, you probably know where I'm going to go with this. But some people who aren't really paying attention a whole lot, um, may not be seeing the signs, but I'll get to it in a minute. All right. So Kevin Owens, of course, comes out and talks about how his stone cold match was a disaster and, you know, all that stuff and everything. And then they bring down (laughs) this guy that, mysteriously looks a little bit like Elias. He's clean shaven. His hair's all shorter and everything. He's like, he's like a cleaned up Elias. And he claims that now he's Elias's younger brother, Ezekiel. Is this what we've been waiting for Elias to come back as? I mean, crazy. We don't hear, we don't hear from the guy from over a year and all of a sudden he comes back as Ezekiel. So, I mean, what did he just come back for a one, one, one time deal and now he's going to disappear again or, is he going to start something with Kevin Owens? Like, I don't know. Like I said, a lot of questions. Um, oh, yeah. Guess who finally debuted? Veer Mahan finally debuted. Um, took down the Mysterios after Miz won a match against Dominic, I believe. And um, and now I think Veer Mahan is going to have his first match on Raw against uh, Rey Mysterio. His first singles match. Because remember, he wasn't a tag team with uh, Shanky. And, and it was kind of like a group, Jinder Mahal, too. So this will be his first singles match against uh, Rey Mysterio next week. All right, and then Bianca comes out. Bianca Belair comes out and come, brings uh, uh, talks about her title win, talks about her perseverance over Becky after losing that 26 seconds at SummerSlam last year and everything. And, and man, she is sporting a shiner on her eye. Man, I, di- I didn't even realize she got that injury the night before or, or Saturday night. But, man, he's really showing, so hopefully that's going to heal up pretty well for her. And I'm guessing she's probably not going to compete until it heals up. So we'll see what they do with Bianca for the next uh, few weeks before that happens. Um, so here's a weird thing. They had the they had an NXT title match rematch um, between uh, Braun Breaker and Dolph Ziggler, which is weird because they just had Stand and Deliver uh, this past Saturday. Um and I watched Stand and Deliver. It was it was an okay show. It was all right. Uh, they had a few title changes. Um, but I guess because of when it was on, they figured that they let Dolph Ziggler retain the title uh, at Stand and Deliver because there weren't enough people. I guess there wasn't enough of an audience to witness the title change and have Braun Breaker win the title. So what they did was they stuck it on Raw, which. That just tells you everything you need to know of what WWE, in my opinion, in my opinion, in my observation, it tells you all you need to know what WWE thinks about its NXT brand now. You know, like they don't consider it, I don't think, a third brand. They consider it a developmental or they consider it a second tier brand now. Whereas when Triple H was running it, it was turning into a first tier brand, but now it's a second tier brand. So. So now that Brock Bre- uh, Braun Breaker's the new champion, you're probably going to see Dolph Ziggler and and um, 
and Robert Roode returned to the Raw uh, Raw show, you know, full time. Braun Breaker's gonna go back to NXT. Um, they're saying they're still saying that uh, Braun Breaker might be be called up to the main roster, but I don't know how he's gonna do that as the NXT championship uh, NXT champion. So. Who knows? I think they were speculating that because he lost to, lost to Dolph Ziggler on Saturday that he might be just be going up to the main roster. But now that he has the NXT title again, might be put on hold now. Unless he has another challenger. Which we heard, we saw a little um, teaser on the NXT after WrestleMania and after Stand Deliver that Joe Gacy looks to be either, either Joe Gacy or Harland is going to challenge for the NXT title at some point. So we'll see. Um, all right, so here comes the interesting MVP Bobby Lashley Omos thing, right? So MVP comes out, he introduces Bobby Lashley, and I got a weird feeling just because of how MVP was saying certain words in his promo. Like I felt, uh, something strange is going on here. What's going on? Because, because you know, MVP was not around for this whole thing with him and Omos and when Bobby Lashley came back. So MVP was, you know, sub, you know, s- suspiciously absent from all this. And then all of a sudden he shows back on rope on raw. Well, it turns out my, I wasn't sure exactly what was going to happen, but I knew something was going to happen, but it turns out MVP turned on Bobby Lashley and is now going to be Omos's manager. I guess, I, I, I guess that's what they're teasing, I guess. And I think next week's raw, we're going to see, we're going to have Omos and MVP on the MVP lounge and they're going to explain everything that's going on and stuff. But I'm not going to lie, this could be good for Omos. You know, Omos can have a mouthpiece. You know, he can just be a giant, and he, he can have, like, a you know a manager to manage him and all that stuff, and it might be better for him than him just being alone. And, you know, because he's not, you know, obviously he's a phenomenon, but he's not really good on the mic, and I think he just needs a mouthpiece. And who knows? I mean, the sky's the limit. He could be something interesting going down the road. All right, so here here's another frustrating thing about the women's tag team division. So now one day after Carmella and Zelina lost the tag team championships, they are now broken up as a team. They like broke up. They they got in a fight. In fact, they were supposed to have a match against I think Natalia and Shayna Baszler and they didn't even get the match underway because they I guess their whole intention was to break them up. And um who knows, it might be because Carmella and uh you know, Corey Graves are getting married in real life, and I think they're already married at this point. But, uh, or it could have been something else. You know, Carmella's going to take some time off. I don't know. So, we'll see what happens. Um, now, here's another thing. So they had Finn Balor and RK Bro take on Austin Theory and the Usos in a six-man tag match. So I think they're pitting up RK Bro and Usos. Um, they're they're testing them out in matchups. They've been doing this for a little while to see how they are. Uh, for something I'm going to tease a little bit light when I do the SmackDown notes. Um, but I think they're testing this little formula out for a specific reason. All right. So now they're talking about Edge and Damian Priest. Uh, it looks like Damian, Edge and Damian Priest are forming a little stable. And I think Rhea Ripley is going to be the new member because I think she's going to turn on Liv uh, during the title match uh, between her and uh, Sasha and Naomi. I think they're going to, I think Liv is going to get, you know, turned on by uh, uh, Rhea, and Rhea is going to join Edge and Damian Priest. That's my prediction. I'm not sure. Um, but that's what I think. That's that's the rumors I've been hearing, that Rhea might be the new, 
the new member of Edge of Stable, which we still don't really know if it has a name or not yet, but we'll see. All right, so next we had a match between the Street Profits and the Alpha Academy. Street Profits win. They were acting like this was a, I don't know, a a uh, number one contenders match, even though they never really came out and said it was. But all of a sudden, like the Street Profits were talking, like I think on Raw Talk, that they're in line for the next tag team titles. But again, what I'm getting ready to tell you, that might be a little difficult uh, down the road, and I'll get to it in just a minute. And my last Raw note for the Raw fallout is the Bloodline. So the Bloodline came out for for the Raw uh, for the end of Raw, and it was very again like the like the Brock and Roman Reigns match. It was very anticlimactic. They just came out and said that uh, you know, hey, we're we're at the top of the mountain and we got big plans, and that's kind of the way they went with it. I mean, they didn't have, nobody came out and challenged them or anything. It was very raw ended, very anticlimactic. It was not really an ending to it. So it did want you to turn in, tune into SmackDown to see what they were going to say. But, um, but like I said, very anticlimactic ending to raw. All right. So let's go to the SmackDown notes real quick. So, SmackDown starts out with Ronda coming out, Ronda Rousey, and she's challenging Charlotte Flair to an I quit match or a rematch for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Later, that would be confirmed by Adam Pearce. Um, uh, and I think I think they'd actually confirm it on uh, Talking Smack later on, uh, later on this weekend. They would confirm it that it would actually happen. Um, Butch and Xavier Woods would take on each other. So this one had a couple of jokes. So <laughs> they had Butch, you know, tease being an aggressive character. Um, even though Seamus and Ridge Holland and Butch kind of got the upper hand at New Day at WrestleMania, um, they had Butch lose to Xavier Woods uh, the very next week on SmackDown. That's weird. And they had a bunch of memes going out there that now I think a couple of the couple of the news sites, wrestle news sites, were saying that Xavier Woods' new finishing move is a roll-up pin. <laughs> I was like, what in the world is going on here? So I guess this this match was kind of getting uh, kind of getting joked around as being not really that serious and being kind of a joke and everything. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know where they're I don't know where they're going with this storyline. So I, I'm I, I'm not really trying to joke on it, but I really like to know what they're trying to do. You know what I mean? So so the next is uh, Sami Zayn. Uh, and like I said, again, I'd like to see what they're doing with Sami Zayn's character because Sami Zayn came up to Adam Pierce and he was like, you know, saying how he didn't deserve to be in that match against, uh, against, uh, Johnny Knoxville. And he said he wants to be taken more seriously. So he said like the next guy that walks out of that locker room, I'm going to challenge him to a match. And of course who out, what, who walks out drew McIntyre. And <laughs> of course he was second guessing he said all right the next guy that comes out and he says no no matches on and appears says you're gonna take on drew mcintyre of course later on he would take on drew mcintyre and he'd be counted out because he'd walk into the crowd so i'm trying to decide what they're trying to do with sammy are they just trying to make him uh you know i i feel like he's an underrated heel but i feel like they're just trying to make him a coward which okay if you want to play that game but i mean how how much more can you make him look like it i mean you've kind of he's kind of hit rock bottom a little bit as far as being a character or kind of being a coward character. So I don't really know where you're going with this. So, so we'll just have to see. I don't know. All right. So finally, uh, Gunther or Walter 
makes his SmackDown debut with one half of the Imperium, uh, with only one half of the Imperium tag team. And it was Marcel Barthel, Barthel, Marcel Barthel. I, I, I can't remember how you pronounce that name, but it doesn't matter because his new name is Ludwig or Ludwig, Ludwig or Ludwig, 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 Ludwig Kaiser. Um, so now two of the guys have, so now you actually have three guys that have been moved up to NXT recently. They've got name changes. Butch, who used to be Pete Dunne, Gunther, who used to be Walter, although Gunther did get his new name in NXT, but like I said, still new name. And then of course, Marcel Barthel is now Ludwig, uh, Kaiser. Now, <laughs> this was the funniest part of this match. Now, of course, Gunther was taking on a, I guess his name was Joe Alonzo. He'd wrestled some matches in AEW, WWE, whatever. Uh, I think he wrestled Veer Mahan on main event. But the funniest part of this matchup was is the crowd was clearly chanting Walter. You could hear it. I could hear it watching Raw. They were clearly uh, chanting Walter. But instead, Michael Cole claims, or I think even Corey Graves said it too, um, they were chanting Gunther. And I was like, no, no, they're not chanting Gunther. They're chanting Walter. You can hear it. I mean, I, I mean, and this is kind of, like I said, I, I, I'm a WWE guy, but at the same time, I do feel like sometimes, and I've heard some other wrestling content creators, including JD from New York, who I've talked, who I've talked about a little bit on my, some of my previous episodes. It does seem like sometimes WWE is insulting fans intelligence. I mean, clearly you can hear the crowd chanting Walter and then there's, and they're sitting there trying, trying to tell us to our face, trying to lie to our face and say, oh, listen to that Gunther chant. I'm like, first of all, Gunther sounds nothing like Walter. It doesn't sound anything like it. So I don't even know why you're trying to lie to us. I would actually rather them say, I would actually rather them say nothing. You know, I'd rather them just say, you know, like make a sly little comment like, okay, or do something like that. Don't try to lie to us or don't try to lie to something you can't really lie about because you're hearing it yourself and if it's bellowing that loud, how are you expecting the people not at home to hear that? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, you can't even pipe, you couldn't even pipe stuff in to make it even drown it out. You couldn't even drown it out. So I don't know why, I don't know why they tried to insult the fans intelligence by saying that, but you know, again, my famous line, it is what it is, I guess. All right, so another person that got a slight name change, although I'm glad they didn't change her whole name. So Raquel Gonzalez has finally made her SmackDown debut, and she is now Raquel Rodriguez, which I think that's a that's not bad. That's not a bad change. I don't I don't think that's a. I mean, that's really. I think that's really harmless. Um, it still it still is like a Spanish name, you know, whatever. Uh, so I I mean. I don't think that's a big stretch. Gonzalez to Rodriguez. I, I think it's fine. I think it's fine. Now, what I thought was interesting too, Los Lotharios, uh, Angel Garza and Umberto Carrillo came up and approached her as she was being interviewed by, um, um, oh crap, what's her name? Man, God, what, Kayla, Kayla Braxton, I'm sorry. Kayla Braxton. And I think it was Kayla. Was it, yeah, it was Kayla Braxton was interviewing her. And Los Lotharios came up and tried to flirt with her, tried to give her a kiss, welcome her to SmackDown. And, of course, she said not a chance. But, you know, as I'm watching that, I feel like that would be a, be a pretty good stable. I feel like Ra- Raquel got Rodz- Rodriguez and Los Lotharios could actually complement each other. First of all, you know, they'd be a good – I think they'd be a good stable. You know, she would just be the – 
She would just be the um, the headstrong, you know, dominant female. She could still have her singles, you know, identity, you know, challenge for the singles titles, but she could still be in a stable. She could actually make the Los, Lothar- Los Lotharios a little bit, you know, give them a little bit more pull, uh, push, I guess, or whatever. And they could actually become, you know, some legit tag team contenders, tag team title contenders. Um, you know, it'd be kind of like a Molina and Miz and Morrison, or not Miz and Morrison, uh, uh, Mercury and Morrison, Eminem kind of type of thing. Um, it could be almost a China and Eddie Guerrero, of course, but you just have a tag team instead of just having two of them. You'd have like, you know, like more, it'd be like almost Eminem and Chavo, um, Chavo Guerrero, Eminem and, uh, China and Eddie Guerrero kind of combination. And I guess if Chavo was around at that time, you could have put Chavo in there and that, that'd be the same thing. Los Guerreros with China, but that never happened of course. But anyway, uh, sorry, I got to adjust my seating here. Um, so I, th- I thought it could be a good stable. Now I don't know. I mean, you know, what do I know? I'm just a fan. I don't know. I don't do bookings and stuff like that, but I thought it could be a decent stable. But like I said, I could be in the minority about that. Who knows? All right. So, Finally and mercifully, you know, the next, it looks like this might be the last edition of Happy Talk, which never ends up really being a talk show. It ends up just being a, it ends up just being a, a crazy, it's a crazy place for shenanigans. And this wasn't any different. So Happy Corbin was, of course, blaming his loss on Madcap Moss. And Mac, And to make a long story short, because I'm not going to really give this any, a lengthy uh, explanation, but basically happy Corbin and mad cat Moss basically finally called it quits as far as being friends. Happy Corbin turned on mad cat Moss, mad cat Moss got the upper hand and I don't know, maybe you could have a little rivalry between these guys. Maybe they could meet at WrestleMania backlash, who knows? And then after that, just going your separate ways. I don't know. I mean, I don't think it would be a really strong rivalry, but you know, you could use it as a pre-show match or, just a filler match or something like that. Second, second match curse. Maybe, <laughs> you know, who knows? I don't know. I didn't really like this happy Corbin, mad cat malice. Now I think the two guys are extremely, they have, ext- uh, they have a lot of potential, but they're just being used. Like when, like when mad cat Moss first came in as Riddick Moss, I was like, yeah, man, this guy's like, this guy's got, looks like he could do something, but he, they never did anything with him. They gave him the 24 seven championship for a little while and he just disappeared. I don't know what happened to him. And then he came back as a mad cat Moss. So I don't know. It's weird. So, um, here's another random thing. Jinder Mahal is now randomly the number one contender for the, I, uh, the intercontinental title and is going to take on ricochet for the intercontinental championship next week. So it's just kind of weird. Like people just ask for championship matches and they get them. I don't understand that. I just don't understand that. It's weird. I, I remember the days of number one contenders matches. Um, and it's not that you take on the championship champions to get a number one contendership. You take on other people. You take on people that are fighting for the contendership, not, not the champions. You, you like have a match. You're saying, okay, I, I'm not, I'm not even okay with having a number one contenders tournament, you know, have like a little short tournament and pick a new number one contender. But this way where you just go and randomly ask for, which, which tells me one of two things. Obviously it tells me that either Ricochet is going to retain the title or Jinder Mahal is probably going to win in some controversial fashion. That's all it's going to tell me. I mean, that's not really, I mean, that's not really original to me, you know, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, we did get a, a vignette from Lacey Evans. 
So it looks like she's being a little bit repackaged into, it seems like a baby face instead of a heel. Like they told that she had a heartfelt background story about her and, you know, hardships and everything like that. So I think they're trying to, I guess, make her, make her character a little bit more likable than it was when she, uh, when she let, when she last was in the WWE and left, uh, you know, that whole Ric Flair, Charlotte Flair, Lacey Evans situation that I think everybody wants to forget. Um, so I guess then they had a match between Liv and Sasha, uh, and I guess they had Liv Morgan beat Sasha just to kind of validate the number one contenders or the or the title match, the tag team title match they're going to have next Monday because obviously you know they must have gotten a little bit of a little bit of raised eyebrows when they were like, well, Rhea and Liv lost the number one contenders match to the champions, but yet they're still getting a title shot. So I guess they figured they had to give Liv maybe a victory over Sasha just to kind of validate the title match, even though I don't really think it's going to turn into a title shot. I think it's going to turn into Rhea turning into a heel character and joining Edge's stable. So that's my thing. All right, so then the bloodline, of course, is the last for SmackDown as well. This was a little bit less anticlimactic, but it still was kind of anticlimactic. It wasn't as bad as Raw, but it still was. And but here's what they here's what they kind of revealed. So I was talking about it earlier about RK Bro and Usos kind of being in matches together and stuff like that. So it looks like now that Roman has unified the WWE and Universal Championships. Uh, which I think now he's being called the undisputed WWE Universal Champion. I think that's what he's being called now, okay? Um, so now what he's telling his cousins to do is, hey, you're already the SmackDown champions. I think it's time to unify the tag team championships. So I need you to go to Raw, and I need you to go get the Raw tag team championships, and we're going to unify those titles. Um Which, of course, is going to make it difficult, as I said earlier, for the Street Profits to challenge for the titles, uh, but who knows? Maybe that's a good setup. Maybe if the Usos do be RK Bro, and because we all know it's going to come that RK Bro is going to split up, and we're going to see a Riddle versus Randy match eventually. It's going to happen probably maybe at SummerSlam. Um, then the Street Profits might be first in line for the Unified Tag Team Championships. We'll see. Now, how do I feel about this? So, I you guys have heard me in my uh, in my in my past episodes, I'm all for unifying championships. So I think what they do, what they should start doing is unifying the championships. So if they do the world championships and they stayed unified or they just turned to one title and then eventually the tag team titles follow suit. And it sounded like Roman said, what did Roman say? He said pretty soon the bloodline is going to have all the gold. So does that mean, are they going to stop at the tag team championships and the world championships, or are they going to go after the United States and the Intercontinental Championship? Are they going to go after other titles? So that remains to be seen. I don't know. I don't know how many titles they're going to go after. And if WWE decides that this is the way they're going to unify the titles, I actually don't hate this. This might be good. This might be good because you're taking the most dominant uh stable, most dominant faction right now, and you're having them be the ones to take the power and unify the titles. And I don't hate it. I don't really hate it. I don't think so. I think the titles should have been, all the titles should have been unified before now, way before now. But hey, if this is the way they do it, I'm not going to say I hate it. I don't hate it. I th- I, th- I think it might, it could turn into something decent if they do it right. So, um, so right now on the surface, I'm kind of all for this. I'm going to, 
I'm going to see what the bloodline does with this and see if they just start unifying the titles. And then, like I said, we eventually casually just end the brand spit because Roman says he's head of the table and he decides, you know, what goes on with the Raw and SmackDown brands. I think that would be classic too. I would be all right with that as well. So, but we'll see. I don't know. Who knows how they're going to play this out. Um, so another interesting thing that happened is Shinsuke Nakamura came out. So a lot of people had questions is, is Shinsuke Roman's next opponent or was he just brought out there to get, you know, beat up by the bloodline and now he's going to be written off TV until Boogs comes back, Rick Boogs comes back and then they're going to come back together. So that's really up in the air because it it's kind of weird because, you know, the Shinsuke comes out on this SmackDown, which I believe was April 8th and, uh, backlash is exactly one month from this SmackDown that just happened. So are we going to, are we going to build a Shinsuke versus Roman rivalry or was Shinsuke just, you know, written off TV? Cause like I said, he was pretty much kicked, double kicked by the, uh, Usos laying flat in the middle of the ring. So does, you know, does that write him off TV for a little while or is he actually going to challenge Roman at, at backlash? We'll have to see. So again, um, the fallout shows were decent, but like I said, I felt like the endings were kind of anticlimactic. And, and that reminds me, like I said, I, this is what I guess is disappointing me more than ever is Ron, first of all, I even heard, let's go back to Raw for a second. I've even, I even heard a story that Seth Rollins, one of the guys on Raw, has actually said that, I think his words was, was he says, Raw is too obnoxiously long. He thinks that three hours is too long. Now, I don't know if it was like a play or, you know, a storyline or a rib or anything, but I mean, I don't think Raw needs to be three hours. I really don't, especially as, you know, it's, it's not like raw used to be. It's, you know, I just remember back in the day when raws were, you know, regardless of how you feel about the eras and what their storylines were, I felt like when they used to end raw and SmackDown, they used to end it in a fashion to where you'd be looking forward to looking to watching next week. Like you'd want to, like they'd end it. Like you'd be like, Oh my gosh, what, what is going to happen? What did, what are they going to say about this next week? You know, like it would leave you kind of hanging for the next episode, like kind of how episodic, TV series do. They kind of leave you with a cliffhanger and you have to come back and watch the next week. And it seems like Raw and SmackDown don't always do that, you know, and I'm okay with them not doing it every week. They don't have to do it every week, but I think they should be doing it more weeks than they're not doing it. You know what I mean? So I just feel like maybe that's what it is. Like, like when the, these two weeks, like, like these two episodes of Raw and SmackDown, I feel like the only thing that, the only thing that they said that wants me to keep watching was when the bloodline ended, even though it was kind of like anticlimactic, I said, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to tune into SmackDown because I, I just want to see what they, what they're going to say is next for the world titles. But did they really do anything that was like, oh my God, oh my God, I, I, I can't wait to watch. I can't wait to watch. I'm like, nah, I just, I'm, I'm just going to see what they'll say on SmackDown. I mean, it wasn't like it was urgent for me to watch. You know what I mean? And then on SmackDown it was kind of the same way. They say, okay, well, the Usos are going to go after the Raw Tag Team Championships to join their SmackDown Tag Team Championships. And I'm like, okay, it's eventually going to happen. We have no idea when it's going to happen. So, you know, whatever. So, like I said, I think they need to, uh, I think they need to make the ending sort of more climatic, more than not. You know, so anyway. 
Um, like I told you earlier, I did watch Stand and Deliver. Actually, I had to go back and rewatch it because I didn't start it at one in the afternoon like I did. But I went back and rewatched it. You know, they had a few title changes. They had Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Dakota Sky or no Dakota Kai. I'm sorry, Dakota Kai uh, defeat uh, Toxic Attraction, Gigi Dolan and J.C. Jane for the titles. But it looks like right after that, J.C. Jane and Gigi Dolan. Uh, got their titles back, which is weird. That means I think uh, Dakota Kai and Rachel Gonzalez have two title reigns of the of the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships, and they've lasted a total of three days. I think it was, no, not even three days, two days. I think two days they've lasted, both title reigns. Because the first one only lasted like hours. So, because they were awarded the tag team titles, then they lost them later that night. So, actually, you can probably say it's still, I guess it's still three, really. Three days for two reigns, so. <laughs> and then, um, like I said, the NXT title didn't change hands because uh, they, I guess they wanted to see the title change in more more of an audience on Raw. Um, Cameron Grimes became the new North American champion, which was kind of cool. I kind of like his character. I'm wondering if he'll, if he'll ever come to the main roster. Um, and then, um, and then the tag team champions changed hands with MSK, but of course as everybody, and I won't go into detail about it, but we know there's been a little, uh, controversy going on with, uh, one of the members of MSK and I think they just dropped the titles. What was it yesterday? And I'm sure there's going to be some kind of tournament to crown new champions and, uh, we'll see what happens on the fallout of that, uh, of that situation that was, that caused them to have to, um, that caused MSK to have to relinquish the titles. We'll have to see what, what further goes on with that. Now I know, uh, one member, Nash Carter, which who the allegations are against, uh, he was released by WWE. So, uh, Wesley, I guess is still with NXT. So we'll see if he gets a singles, you know, singles run, whether maybe he gets a new partner. I, I don't know. I don't know what'll happen. So, We'll see what goes on with that. Um, but other than that, I mean, not much to stand deliver. Like I said, NXT is, I feel like in my opinion, not trying to sound like a, you know, a negative Nelly, but um, I feel like NXT just isn't what it used to be. And that's why, honestly, I haven't been talking about it as much because uh, now I, I do feel like, you know, I do feel like the wrestlers in there on that on that show have a lot of potential. They, they could some of them could easily with uh with a little bit of experience down in XT. Some of them could obviously be called up to the main roster and be big time players on the main roster. But like I said, I feel like NXT is no longer the third tier 1 brand in WWE. I feel like it's gone down to, you know, at least the tier 2. You know, it's it's what it used to be. It used to be a developmental type of brand or whatever. So, which I'm not saying is necessarily a problem, but um Usually you don't put developmental brands if you if you view them as one. You usually don't put them on national television. <laughs> you know, like I don't know, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I'm not gonna say NXT isn't entertaining. Like s- some weeks it's more entertaining than others. Some weeks you're just like, uh, I don't, I don't know. I could have gone without watching that. But then some weeks it's like, oh, okay, this is a little interesting. But I've, I, I don't, I don't think I've seen a spectacular show since it became NXT 2.0. Um, I don't know if I've seen a real terrible show, but like I said, I, you know, I I try not to call things really, really terrible unless I really, really, really think they're, ter- they're terrible. I try to stay optimistic on most things, but, 
you know, sometimes you can't, <laughs> as I, as I kind of illustrated earlier this year when I was talking about the Royal Rumble and all that stuff. So anyway, uh, so wow, guys, I have gone longer than usual. Uh, we're, we're going on an hour and a half, but I really hope you've enjoyed this episode. Um, really hope you enjoyed my recaps of, of WrestleMania and the Raw and SmackDown fallouts. Hope you enjoyed my insight. Uh, you know, email me. Uh, tell me what you think about what happened at WrestleMania. Did it exceed your expectations? Did it did it disappoint you? Did uh, what did you think about the fallouts from Raw and SmackDown? Where do you think? Um, I know I was uh, I was kind of in the chat with uh, the other night for uh, the Distance Nerding guys who I've uh, who I've mentioned uh, a number of I, I've mentioned them earlier on in my episodes uh, probably last year. Uh, I was in the chat uh, for their episode that they had earlier this week. And, you know, they had, you know, go around. I think they had four guys. I think they had four guys on that show, the two hosts and then two, I guess, guest hosts. And they went at the end and they said, what are your predictions for, um, you know, going forward? And some people were giving some predictions of what they're going to happen for for the year, not just after WrestleMania, but throughout the year. So, um, yeah, I'd like y'all, if y'all want, you know, email me, my email will be in the uh, description. Uh, Hey, if you want to email me some predictions, what you think, uh, what'd you think of WrestleMania? What'd you think about raw? What'd you think about SmackDown? Uh, what do you think is going to go on? Who's going to be, uh, who's going to be WWE universal champion? Who's going to be champions of others? You know, other, who's going to hold the other titles. Do you think the bloodline is actually going to collect all the titles? Um, who do you think is going to win money in the bank this year? Who do you think's, you know, what do you, what, uh, what do you think, um, what do you think Cody's going to do in WWE now that he's back? Uh, you know, stuff like that. Let me know. Like I said, look in, look in the description, the show notes and, uh, send me an email. Let me know. All right. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and, uh, I'll see you for the next one. Uh, not sure when that's going to be. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out the format of how I'm going to continue to do these episodes. I'm still trying to kind of brainstorm that, um, at the very worst, I will be back for a, you know, WrestleMania backlash or backlash, whatever they're calling it. I'll be back for that preview, but who knows? I I might sprinkle some other episodes in between there, uh, going forward. So we'll see. Uh, but anyway, until next time, I guess I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, tag in and leave me a review or share the show with someone who you think would love it. I'll see you at ringside for the next episode.